0: i tell you who's pesky, Wayne. The All Blacks. We just can't get rid of them. They just keep coming back. First half, it was all looking so good. It's so hard to beat the All Blacks anywhere, let alone in their own backyard. Let it slip. Unfortunately, went down in the second half as another Bledisloe Cup test finished with New Zealand winners. 17-3 it was at halftime, but not enough for Australia in the end, that lead. They were overrun after halftime. Sean Maloney with us. Stan Sport, Channel 9 rugby commentator. He joins us now to reflect, sadly, on another loss to those New Zealanders. Hello to you, Sean.
1: Morning, man. Yeah, it was something else being over there under the roof in Dunedin. It was uh, a wild afternoon. Didn't expect what was coming, but, God, it was good to watch.
0: What were you thinking at half Because it was such a oh, unique position for Australia to be in in a test against the All Blacks.
1: I wasn't, I wasn't thinking anything. I was <laughs> pinching myself. I was pinching mm. Tim Horan. I was pinching Morgan Turner. We were taking terms of doing it, like, is this actually happening? And we're on the cusp of being a part of uh, the world's first ever win in uh, New Zealand in 22 long, long years. So uh, that was the hope. That's what we'd anticipated. But unfortunately, as you touched on, mate, they they didn't come out great in the second half. So there was just a couple of penalties that then compounded into bigger issues. And then bang, 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 bang! Uh, New Zealand ran in 17 straight. We were trailing, and then Quaid obviously put a square at 2020, and then. It just all fell apart inside those final three minutes. But it was one of the braver and one of the better performances I've seen from uh, the Aussies in a long, long time.
0: Sean, does the the result give a real reflection of the improvement that we're making? Or, you know, can you see things there that sort of gladden your heart?
1: Yeah, no, I really, really can. So they defended well... Uh, in parts, there was one run of play where they defended 21 phases uh, of All Black's build-up, which is just huge and, and stuck firm. So uh, things like that, their attacking shape was so much better. I mean, it, they have improved so much in uh, the the mess that was served up over in South Africa in the first game of the Rugby Championship. So over that period of time, yeah, I get it. They haven't won a game, yeah, I get it. They got hammered by New Zealand last week. Yeah, I get it that they late against Argentina in Sydney but the reality of it is the stuff in and amongst us, the bits of footy that they're stringing together for longer periods now is really, really good stuff.
0: Sean, one thing we love about sport, whatever code it might be, is it can be the hero one minute, it can be the villain the next and vice versa. Quade Cooper probably described his final few minutes for us as he uh, he got Australia back to level terms but unfortunately yeah. after that he coughed up a knock on. Uh...
1: Yeah, he did, and then that knock-on led to an all-black scrum penalty win, which in turn led to the match-winning penalty goal from Richie Longer from 45 back. So, I mean, yeah, you could get down and play for knocking that ball on. He had a number of guys unmarked outside. He one pass away from running down that right-hand side. But then, conversely, you look at his fall pack and go, well, why didn't you guys hold firm on that scrum? Why couldn't you win a penalty yourselves? So... Uh, I'm not not too down on him in that moment. What I did find really remarkable is that New Zealand fans still have such a hatred for Quade Cooper. Mm. After seven years since he played over there, and the second he came on and was on the big screen, they were booing. You know, they caused the boos before the kick and silenced that, and then they took great delight in the knock on. So uh, it's, a, it's a strange grudge to hold for as long as they have over there in New Zealand, just around Quade.
0: Sean, the Argentina test, there were certainly issues with discipline. Has that been an ongoing issue, or have they rectified that to a point? Yeah,
1: no, they had. So the penalty count came crashing down uh, last week. They got it under double digits. It's sort of what your your target is in rugby to have. I mean, you aim for no penalties, obviously, but if you can keep it to single digits, you're more than likely going to be with a really good chance of winning the game. So they did that last week. It crept up again on the weekend after a number of scrum penalties. So that's not so much a disciplined thing as it was a, I guess, technique, and tactical. So, you know, they're, they're, they're doing well in that space and um, improving on that front as well. So the key areas that I need to get right, they have progressively done better at over the last couple of weeks.
0: And the more we've seen some of these younger players getting time, I suppose that we're going to see that improvement. A couple of names there, Carter Gordon and, and Tom Hooper, um, obviously yeah, so did very well.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, Tom Herbert was excellent. So that's just his fourth test match and played like a veteran. He was outstanding. He was so, so good. And Carter Gordon, another name that hopefully becomes a, a household one. He's easy to spot. He's got a really distinctive um, look and way about him. He's a big, big kid. He's only 22 years of age, you know, long, blonde mullet. He's fearless. He's a really, really uh, impressive youngster. So couple of household names there, and then on the side, Mark, the one to us there, uh, another youngster coming through. So there's this next generation of kids who are coming through who looked the goods and were really uh, strong again on the weekend.
0: The World Cup squad will be named on Thursday, I believe. There's a few injury concerns.
1: Uh yeah. mean, Crevy was sort of grabbing it in his hand. His hand was in ice uh, post-game. I'm sure he'll be OK. I mean, we've still got, we've still got, what, roughly five weeks since, until our first game against Georgia over there, uh, Daniel Tupo will return to the squad after that rib injury last week. So uh, there's a, there was a couple of niggles, but nothing too serious. No season any ones for anyone out of the game on the weekend like we had the week before with Alan Aldous Staley being scrubbed out for a long, long time.
0: Shaun Maloney with us, uh, Channel Nine Stand Sport Rugby commentator at uh, the Wallabies preparing for a World Cup and that squad announcement on Thursday. When you and Eddie Jones came back, it wasn't going to be an immediate successful era for Eddie Jones and the Wallabies. But are you seeing enough that over the next few years, either side of this World Cup, that maybe it will come yeah, together?
1: Yeah, I don't even know if I'm looking that far ahead. I'll just be happy if they can maintain some level of trajectory into the World Cup. I mean, truthfully, the the pass mark for them is to make it to the semi-finals. Anything, anything short of making the semis would be a real mischance and, there will be questions, there should rightly be questions asked if that uh, eventuates, but if they can stay on that same uh, track and keep doing some of what they've been doing over the last few weeks, they might be OK in France.
0: You called the game over in Dunedin, didn't you, Sean? You were over there for the game, the, this off-tube business is gone?
1: Yeah, we went What an awesome stadium. So you're yeah, under the roof, it, because it was a day game, so 2.30 local kickoff. Um you had the, the light that filters through that roof there. It's hard to describe. It's almost like you, everything takes on a sort of a translucent sort of edge. And, it, and the, we were outdoor commentating, which is my favourite thing to do. So I had the lip ribbon mics we were outdoors. We were in and amongst the fans. It's freezing cold. Um, but then it was just such a good game. It was such a great stadium to the commentator game from. It was uh, electric. The noise after the harker uh, and even the anthems themselves were just so memorable. They were terrific.
0: There's no doubt uh, who the national team is in New Zealand. Their cricket team goes okay, and we know they're in the midst of a FIFA Women's World Cup. But certainly the All Blacks are their pride and joy over there. And they would have been a bit nervy at halftime, I reckon. The locals, Sean, when they were yeah, there, yeah, I was I, I had my eyes on some of the
1: faces in and around me in the crowd, and they were like, "What's going on? This isn't this isn't what we rolled in a town of see." Because it's been—I mean, it's so rare that you have a Wallabies All Blacks Test match in the deep, and that was just the fourth in 22 years. So, uh, it's a rare, it's a rare thing to happen, and they, it was a full house, jam packed. So, they were nervous, but then, you know, as things tend to happen in these matchups, they find a way to get us late and it's happened again. But, the bigger picture, men, and I saw I'm bored this week, i far more bored than I was last, is the fact that the World Cup was around the corner, and we are. Everything along in the right
0: direction. Yep, and we always seem to bring our best to a a global tournament like a World Cup. Let's hope that's the case again. Sean, always a pleasure. Look forward to chatting as we uh, build up towards this World Cup very shortly.